0: You know, nurses are the duct tape of the universe. I feel that way. And we're able to kind of mold and do and fix and do whatever we needs to be done.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Angela Rosa DiDonato. And I'm Mary Leary. And you're listening to Amplify Nursing, a Penn nursing podcast supported by the Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing.
2: Amplify Nursing features nurses who are leading the way in science, policy, and innovation. Our guests defy stereotypes, define practice, and disrupt convention. We highlight the breadth and depth of nursing influence on society by amplifying nurses who are pushing boundaries and breaking down barriers to build a new paradigm.
1: On this episode of Amplify Nursing, we talk with our nursing neighbors to the north, Rob Paquin and Alan Lai. Alan, a self-proclaimed reformed backpacker and couch surfer, is a critical care nurse and educator currently training to be a family nurse practitioner. Rob is also a critical care nurse with an interest in healthcare design, currently pursuing a PhD at King's College in London. Together, they host the podcast, Resus Tonight. Today, we talk about interactive nursing education, learning from failure, and the potential benefits of using VR in nursing.
2: Rob and Alan, thank you so much for joining us here on the Amplify Nursing podcast. I am really excited to talk with you guys. You have so many fans on Twitter, so I'm so glad that they brought your podcast and you individually to our attention.
3: Yeah, yeah thank you so much. It's totally yeah. a pleasure. You know, for the longest time, uh, our parents were our biggest fans and my mother used to donate to our podcast by way of snacks and lunch. So I'm glad that we have inspired others to follow us.
2: Well, I love that your parents were your biggest fans. So my mom is really my biggest fan too. So I feel you. So I'd like to hear about each of your paths to nursing and a little bit about your background. Alan, why don't we start with you? Tell us a little bit about how you got into nursing and what your interest is in this field.
3: Hey, thanks for your question. You know, I took a, I guess you could say an untraditional route to nursing, Uh, I was in my mid 20s when I decided to get into nursing, and it just so happened to involve a few friends, a few pints of beer, and some good stories. And uh, one of my friends at the time was uh, in nursing school, and she was telling me about all of the stories that she had encountered in her clinical practicums. And, you know, nurses, we always have good stories to share. And that just kind of piqued my curiosity, both with the science behind the practice of nursing, but also the humanity that goes behind it, too. So I decided to apply. I was lucky and fortunate to get into school. And I then uh, graduated from a smaller school in uh, Western Canada and then went on to practice in various hospitals in uh, acute care settings primarily, um, uh, primarily emerge and uh, ICU settings. And lately I, I've been uh, you know, uh, taking a next venture uh, into my career and I'm currently in the second year of my family nurse practitioner program. And I look forward to helping folks with a bit of medical assistance in dying, a bit of palliative care and community um, practice. And my research interest is actually in point-of-care ultrasound and how we can further this device for nursing practice.
2: I was also in my mid-20s when I went back to school for nursing. What were you doing before that, if you don't mind sharing?
3: I was a backpacker, couch surfer.
2: Oh my God, I love that.
3: Yes, I was uh, backpacking uh, across Canada and couch surfing along the way. And it just so happened um, uh, now, for any Canadians out there, there was this program called Katimovic back in the nine, I think, believe it began in the late 80s and went through the 90s and then through the early 2000s. And I was a part of the early 2000s group. And essentially, it was a volunteer program for youth that didn't know what they wanted to do after high school and wanted to learn about their country. So you lived in three different provinces or states and in three different communities and you volunteer at various uh, jobs and you just learn about uh, your country and learn about yourself. I learned that I actually liked humanities because uh, I had the opportunity to work with some uh, folks with developmental differences at uh, the YMCA in this small town in Ontario. And voila, that kind of helped fuel my interest in that conversation over those pints of beer all those years ago
2: i'm a big proponent of students taking time off before going directly into college or continuing through to college to really learn and have experiences that you can't have in the classroom and i think that opportunity that you had really highlights why that's so important
3: Yeah, it was uh, certainly one of the memories of my life that I hold near and dear to my heart. And uh, it was great to learn about my country too, because uh, I live in Western Canada, just right by the ocean. So it was nice to be able to go right across the country to really see the differences and the cultures and different ways of life uh, in our own country. So it kind of made me, uh, you know, at the risk of sounding a little bit cheesy, it makes me feel like I turned out to be a more rounded human.
2: Well, and that's what you need in the nursing profession, also, you take care of all different humans. And so being exposed to the different people who live in your country, who you're going to be taking care of, I think is really important and just adds to your lens as a nurse. So Rob, I want to make sure we get you in here. Can you also just tell us a little bit about your background and what led you to nursing?
0: Yeah, for sure. Thanks for the the question, and and I'm really glad that Alan didn't say it made him a total better person because I mean he's a, he's a good person, but it didn't make him totally better. So for me, my path to nursing was was a bit non traditional as well. Um, you two talked about being in your 20s. I was in my 30s uh, when I entered uh, into nursing, and for me, it was born out of previous professions um, I was a I was a paramedic for about uh, around a decade or so and I found myself you know doing calls in both urban and kind of rural areas in in Vancouver Canada and and I'd go into the hospitals and I'd bring really sick patients in and you know you'd be all jacked up on adrenaline and these crazy good calls and sometimes they're not you know adrenaline calls but they're interesting you'd come into the hospital and the nurses would just be the calmest see the way forward, highly intelligent organizers of everything. And I would just think to myself, man, they got their stuff together. I should, I should try and get, get some of that. Um, And so I went back to, to nursing school and like Alan, I went to a school in, in Western Canada here and was, and was lucky enough to, to move into kind of the area of my passion the entire time, which is, which is the emergency department. And I, my entire nursing clinical career was in the emergency department and little known fact Alan was actually a preceptor of mine. That's how we originally met way back when, <laughs> um, which I think not many people know. And then, uh, yeah, it blossomed into a beautiful friendship, right? And then, yeah, so then I, I kind of continued my clinical work. And then I moved into education, which is really my massive passion. I love, I love education. And Alan and I actually taught together in the same program for a number of years, teaching emergency nurses. Um, and then now I've moved into... More kind of tech and uh, and kind of research world. So yeah, it's kind of a bit of a bit of a curvy kind of career path in nursing, but that's nursing, right?
2: That is nursing, and that's exactly what we want to highlight on this podcast: the depth of experiences that nurses can have. I know that you're in a PhD program focusing around healthcare design. Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, for sure. So. Design has always been something that's been very interesting to me and something that I've always kind of keyed to throughout my my healthcare career. Previous to working in healthcare, I was a business analyst and a project analyst for a, a big telecom company. So that's kind of a bit different maybe than um, the traditional way. Um, and so I've always kind of thought about design thinking. And I've always thought about, you know, service design and industrial design, those concepts. And so I kind of kept asking those questions throughout nursing. And I noticed that nurses also did it all the time as well. I mean, how many times do you hear a nurse say, you know, it, wouldn't why don't they just dot, 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 right? And so it got to the point where I was asking that question a lot. And I was trying to draw it out of my colleagues enough that I thought, why am I not just doing research in this. And so I was very, very lucky to be accepted to, to King's College London for their, their PhD program. And, uh, and we're, I'm, I'm researching under a couple of great professors who are really a, the thought leaders in, in uh, experience-based co-design in the NHS. And I'm, I'm very, very lucky to, to have a chance to work with them. And uh, yeah, so I'm kind of continuing on that path now.
2: Can I ask what your dissertation topic is going to be?
0: For sure. You can tell you work in academia, Marion, that you actually care enough to ask about that. So thank you.
2: I am also in a PhD program part time. And so I feel your pain and, and, and maybe excitement around it.
0: Exactly. It's funny is I, uh, my wife said to me, so what do I tell people that you're looking into? And I kind of gave her like the different levels of what, you know, if someone's not interested at all, tell them this. If they show the moderate amount of interest, tell them this. And if they show lots of interest, give them my email address. Uh, and it's it's kind of like this hierarchy of intervention almost. Um, I, I
2: get the same question from my wife as well.
0: <laughs> it's it's kind of a funny dance, isn't it? It is. Um, so for me, my I'm going to focus on the idea of, Understanding the different types of facilitation methods of co designing healthcare policy, healthcare procedure, healthcare delivery, really, care delivery. And the two that I'm going to be focusing on will be professional designers, you know, pro designers, you could say, you know, graphic designers, architects, uh, those highly intelligent, creative individuals, and how they lead a healthcare design project. And I don't want to use the word versus, but I do want to use the word comparative to experience-based co-design, which is kind of a methodology that's baked into a team leading it themselves. They take a lot of ownership as well as it's all with patients. Patients are 50% of the team. Patients are, and it's not just a cursory, you know, Hey, we're going to ask you what you think, but we're going to do what we want. No, they're involved all the way from ideation to you know creation to prototyping to implementation to evaluation afterward and then i'm i'm really keen in understanding the economic consequences of those two methodologies not from not only money but also from a finite resource perspective So, you know, opportunity cost is real and we only have so many hours in the day and so much mental energy to give. So that's kind of where, where I'm kind of keen to, to understand. Someone needs to probably wake up Alan, by the way, I assume that was a bit too much.
2: (laughs) Well, I love that so much. I really am all about co-designing and human centered design and not having providers in any field going out and telling people what it is we think they need, but really collaborating and letting the people who the problem affects tell us and show us what it is that they know they need so that we're designing the right solutions for the right problems. So I think what you're doing is great and I can't wait to read all about it.
0: (laughs) That makes two of us. I'll let you know when I've written something.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So um, I want to talk about your podcast because you two have a really great rapport and I'm sitting here laughing while you guys are talking. Um, You can't hear me because I'm on mute, but you guys host the recess tonight podcast. And I was reading the sort of opening to it that you want critical care and emergency nursing to be better. So I'd love for you guys to talk about what your podcast is all about. And then what you mean by wanting EM and critical care nursing to be better.
3: You know, that's an excellent question. You know, I think I'm going to give a bit of context to how this podcast began because i think it speaks volumes about both rob and i as humans but also our, about our relationship <laughs> i think this the idea to come up with a podcast came from sharing a few beers and just talking about what we can do to help contribute to the overall nursing profession and it just so happened to be a podcast And I think, Rob, you went to a workshop or something like that, and you were saying, oh, we should try a podcast. And so we ended up going on um, Amazon, buying a mic, and we were sitting in my basement of my old rental building. Remember that one, Rob?
0: It was the perfect podcasting studio. It had so much carpet.
3: It was it, yeah, I wish you could see it. There was like my wife's wedding dress there dampening noise with uh, with the washing machine anyway, it was quite the quite the set. So we decided to just have a podcast where we would focus on the real clinical aspects side of nursing because we just wanted to find an, uh, an aspect of nursing uh, that was more clinically focused that we could focus on because that's where both of our interests were and are. When when we said that the tagline was better, uh, we wanted emergency and uh, critical nursing to be better, we wanted to help our colleagues out there in the world to share what evidence and what research that we've come across to help folks make those informed choices that are best for their patients. So for example, one of the things... I think Rob, we still get feedback on this one. One of the one of the things that we still get feedback on is uh, the administration of a uranium or a paralytic for patients still leaves the ability for the pupillary reflex to, um, remain. So if someone is paralyzed and for say a head injury and for intubation, you can still check to see if they've uh, increased intracranial pressure by checking their pupils. And that's just kind of the one last finding that you have and That was based on a, on an observational trial. And I, I believe it was in JAMA. I could be making that up, but nevertheless, uh, we, as nurses, we already knew this and we practiced it, but we wanted to really help highlight where that evidence, where that practice came from. So we want really wanted to bring out that component behind uh, recess tonight. But Rob, maybe you can touch on this part. We also talked about wanting to highlight and showcase people too, right? Yeah, without a doubt. And, and that is a good
0: synopsis of how we kind of came about. And I think the the highlighting of individuals was big. We thought that was really important. You know, what was the the piece that we often say, you know, Michael Jordan scores a ton of the points, but Magic Johnson was almost more valuable because he dished the ball so much more. And we wanted to be that for, for other individuals who you know, maybe we're not as confident to just come out and, and, and do something that was loud and, and, uh, you know, a, a bit, you know, uh, aggressive quote unquote, you can say. And so we wanted to highlight individuals who were also making nursing better. And a big piece of our thought process initially was, you know, who is, who is trying to make nursing better, who is trying to make themselves and those around them 1% better every day. Right. I mean, there's that great Vic Brazel talk, um, about 1% better. That was, I think it was smacked. 2018 before the world shut down, Um, and you know, it's we 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 kind of linked into a whole bunch of individuals. So, example, one of our good friends, uh, Jacqueline Carter. um, You know, we were doing a conference presentation in a in a city, and we thought we need someone to work with us. Let's get let's let's find someone local. So we just randomly messaged someone on Twitter who who we kind of had been talking back and forth with a little bit. And you know, Jack's doing great stuff. She's an amazing clinician. She's a great educator. She's doing such great stuff. People need to hear what she has to say. And so I think it's important to constantly be dishing the ball, right, to other individuals, because there are so many amazing nurses out there that they do not get enough, you know, they do not get enough respect, a la Rodney Dangerfield, 1965.
2: One of the reasons we really wanted to do this podcast also is to amplify the voices of nurses to really show the public what nurses are doing on a daily basis and like i said give their voices a platform
3: we have to give the background behind the name recess tonight right rob and it originally came from a play on the tonight show with um jay leno or jimmy fallon or whomever because we wanted to make it like a talk show where we could really highlight people so that's why it's called recess tonight so anyway trivia
2: I love trivia so thank you for sharing that. Where is your podcast headed? What are you guys working on?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. We've we took a little bit of time off during the pandemic because um well, it was a bit crazy for both of us on different uh aspects of clinical and education care. But we're finally back to a kind of a baseline now. And so we've been recording some new episodes, which is great. We've got them literally sitting on my desktop in a folder ready to go and yeah, we we were able to link up with some some really great great clinicians in Canada, some great academics, and in the U.S. Uh, some really awesome trauma uh, clinicians who are who are practicing, who are also hilarious individuals. You know who you are, and and yeah, so it's we're looking forward to releasing some new episodes. And I think you know we haven't really released this to the world yet, but I think we're kind of looking at taking that to the next level and almost. Stepping back from the podcast ourselves and dishing the ball to someone else who wants to come in and do maybe spot hosting, you know, someone who wants to be a part of the creative process and that kind of stuff. Because, you know, no one wants to listen to Alan and I forever. But I think there are great people out there who would definitely be great leaders and can kind of take it over and put their own spin on where they want to go with it.
2: You're both pretty entertaining. I think I could listen to you for a while, but I get wanting to pass the ball, which I think is also very commendable.
3: It's kind of like Johnny Carson with The Tonight Show, and he passed the mantle on to Jay Leno and then Jay Leno over to Conan for that time and so forth. Or like another analogy would be Doctor. Who or James Bond. There's always like a new fresh face that brings in a new take to it. and I just think that recess Tonight is that platform that could really take that metamorphosis, if you will.
2: Yeah, I love that. I mean, one of my most favorite podcasts is Desert Island Discs from the BBC, and they do the same thing after a certain period of time. They have a new host who takes the mantle and runs with it. Maybe something we'll have to think about for Amplified Nursing when Angela and I are both ready to move on. We
1: hope you're enjoying this episode, and we'll be back with more in a few minutes after this quick break.
3: This is Reset Tonight. My name's Alan. And I am Rob. We're two nurses in Canada trying to make emergency and critical care nursing better.
0: My background is in the emergency department as well as working on ambulance as a paramedic. I'm a nurse in the emergency department and in ICU. We think that emerge nursing and critical care nursing, we can always get better and always be providing better care for our patients. Check out our podcast. We're available on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Google wherever you find your podcasts. Best way to connect with us is at Recess Tonight on Twitter or Instagram.
2: So I know you were both working on other projects. I'm really interested, Rob, to hear about the work you do with the virtual sim project. Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, It's a pretty exciting project and one that I was felt very fortunate to be a part of. So what we're doing, and might I add, it is a totally nursing run project, just want to point that out, from all the way from leadership down to subject matter expertise and implementation individuals, pretty cool. But um, it's a project where we are implementing screen-based virtual simulation, so remote-based simulation. So think of of like, I don't know, um, like literally video games for, it's gamification of learning is what it really is. And and really what we're doing is we're trying to, to work the decision-making process of nurses uh, in highly acute uh, situations Um, and you know how can we make it better and how can we support the education there and the other piece to it is is our virtual reality piece of it so vr being you know using actual vr headsets and so we're building our own world there is the idea and we were really lucky we were we were supported by a Pretty substantial government of Canada uh, grant to rapidly expand our our good stuff and and uh, we have some pretty awesome pro- project partners as well um, that we've been working with uh, in the gaming industry and so yeah we're rapidly kind of pushing that out. Alan was a part of that for a while on the education side which is really great and uh, yeah our feedbacks been really really awesome and and hopefully that continues and I really want it to continue to be nurse led as well because we literally you know nurses are the duct tape of the universe. I feel that way. And we're able to kind of mold and do and fix and do whatever needs to be done. So it's um it's a pretty exciting thing to be a part of.
2: No, that that's really great. I mean, prior to my role as director of innovation at Penn Nursing, I was a resuscitation science researcher. And my focus was using virtual and augmented reality to train and educate both lay providers and healthcare providers. So I definitely think there's a lot there in terms of using virtual reality for education to sort of heighten the realism. I personally don't know that we've gotten there yet, but I love the fact that your virtual sim project is focusing on that technology. What outcomes have you seen from using that technology?
0: Yeah, it's a really interesting question. And as a side note, I think Mary and you and I could probably talk for the next seven hours about tech and research and stuff. Oh my God, Um, I would love that. (laughs) <laughs> um yeah it's it's you know I, i'm with you on the vr componentry um i would agree that they're yeah that we're not quite there yet i would i would totally agree with you um we're going at it from a more of an r&d perspective at the current time because i think the vr piece is is close like it's cusp i guess you could say um but um our screen-based stuff i think is is has been great um we've seen some really interesting outcomes um in just really being quite um you know creative and how we're using these. So one one really quick example is we um, sent a uh, screen-based virtual simulation game to students to play the night before they were coming into the physical uh, sim lab. And we actually did a bit of control and we gave, um, you know, uh, one group, the virtual sims and one group, just the, you know, the, the pals um, kind of information. And uh, we let the students play the virtual sim game the night before. And when they came in, they were running the recess of the same, Uh, patients that were playing on a virtual simulation the night before and the debriefs and the outcomes on kind of our metrics that we have in place in our school were quite different. I mean, don't get me wrong. This wasn't statistically significant. This wasn't a huge, massive ethics-based study. This was just purely a, Hey, I wonder kind of study. And it was enough that I think all the educators in the room looked at each other after the SIM day was over and kind of said, so we need to think about doing this going forward. Cause it was just, it was it was really impressive what the learners were able to, to glean and uh, and push forward with, with, with those kind of tech.
2: And I know we could keep talking about this for hours. I'll just ask you one other question. And then, Alan, I'd love to talk about some of the projects you're working on, too. Have you seen the use of VR sort of proliferating in education in Canada, in nursing programs in Canada?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's really interesting. You make that, you know, um, delineation between nursing and, you know, potentially medicine, respiratory therapy, all the other tremendously important um, allied health individuals. I do find that nursing is lagging. I do. And I don't have a study to point to that that says number of programs, you know, versus blah, blah, blah is this. But I would just say anecdotally by talking to other simulation and virtual, virtual sim and VR educators out there that it does seem to be a bit behind which makes me a little bit sad on the inside but that being said I think that that means that for anyone who's listening what a great opportunity what a great space for you to walk into like you know it's like I I say with um, with research places sometimes you know you come across a research topic that there isn't much there and it's like throwing a rock into an empty field and being like okay that's research now Whereas some other places you have to find the smallest little pebble and place it with your finger because there's so much research in the area. Well, VR and nursing, I think that there's enough space that you can just throw a rock into the field and you got yourself a company and maybe a really successful piece going forward.
2: Our guest for episode two is a accelerated nursing student who has a fellowship with a VR company and is trying to develop a uh, business using that technology. So I totally agree. This is such a space ripe for nursing led innovation. And um I hope more nurses get into it.
3: Here, here, agreed.
2: So Alan, I know that you're working on some other cool stuff. Do you want to share that with us?
3: Absolutely. I don't think it sounds as cool as that fellowship though. (laughs) But uh I guess I've got a few projects on the go. And coincidentally enough, or is it coincidental, Rob, uh they're almost always with you. So you and I, two peas in a pod, right? We can't we can't get rid of each other. We're kind of like a PB&J. Um, if that's how well,
0: you want to describe it, sure, we can do that.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be the peanut butter because I'm nice and sweet. And your jam, you know, a bit too sweet sometimes. But um, I'm, I've been uh, involved with a project um, that's now morphed into a full uh, national accredited program in Canada called the Emergency Practice Interventions Care in Canada program. And, and in a nutshell it's a professional development course for nurses working in the emergency department, but not specifically for emergency nurses. We've had physicians attend, we've had care aides, nursing students, and so forth, but nevertheless, it's a program designed to help nurses develop their skills, working with folks in emergency departments with uh, undifferentiated or acute illness. And the fun part of it is that it is, is it, breaks the traditional mold of sitting in a classroom with uh, PowerPoints into this interactive, almost actor-driven, mosky type of practice that's all in groups. And I can't really give it justice by explaining it. It's almost an experience. You almost need to see it. So that's how it's structured. But the beauty of the course really goes uh, to the deeper concepts of nursing. And it really goes into care planning, problem solving, and also looking for failures in healthcare. Because as as awesome as all providers are, we are human and we're prone to error. And what we do in this course is we really do focus on the failures of healthcare because they exist everywhere. And we would be uh, and, and what we like to say in the program is we would be foolish to ignore them. So we're actually better by coming up front and addressing them. So we often quote: Are were there any failures to recognize any issues within this case? So, for example, there would be a case with undifferentiated shortness of breath. And we would just ask, uh, and it would be through a group, without a marking rubric, with uh, without any uh, right, quote, right answers, and we would talk, did we fail to recognize any conditions or any aspect of care that may prove detrimental to the patient in the long run, or even to the staff? And the, the responses that we get are incredible. One, one. I still recall this one course that we ran, there was a um, participant that said, you know what we failed to recognize, you guys? Was isolating this person with acute shortness of breath. Guys, that's like step one. Everybody in the room was, oh my goodness, we're so bad at that. This was pre-COVID-19. This was back in 2019 when we... um ran this course, and it's still stuck in my head. So I remember when COVID started to uh, come around in, in our side of the world in March, the isolating the undifferentiated shortness of breath and so forth wasn't too foreign because of this course that you know, we had designed and so forth. Now, this course has also, this program, I should say, this program has also morphed, I guess you could say. Hey, Rob, uh, now it went from, from clinical practice. Now there's a pediatric component has built off from the core course there's a trauma program now i'm very excited and this is rob's type of mindset as well is the next in our incantation of this program is a triage flow and leadership course where it focuses on the the triage the flow and the leadership competencies of all nurses if you have, you've been a nurse out there, you've led, whether you like it or not. So this is where we really harness those other competencies within nursing. And we bring them to uh, this course using the, the pillars of this team-based philosophy and that we've structured with the EPIC program.
2: I love that so much. I love the focus on leadership, but I also really love the focus on failure because healthcare providers are so afraid of failure and afraid of what failure means, but the only way you can learn is if you examine what went wrong and how you can do it better. And so I love that you're focusing on that as well.
3: Now, the fun part about Epic is that we've really taken this failure component here, and we've we've, we've used it and we've created, uh, with the help of many, many good friends, an online resource for COVID. Now, Rob, perhaps you can uh, share a little bit about the COVID-19 project.
0: Yeah, for sure. So that was that was born out of Epic as well. And, you know, I think Alan should get a, a vast majority of the, the credit here. He was the, you know, kind of clinical amalgamator of all this. But at the beginning of of when COVID was kind of starting to ravage the the uh healthcare, you know, departments across the world, Alan and I kinda just said one day, like, you know, what are we gonna do? Like we have to do something. We we do have, you know air quotes, skill sets that could maybe help. And so we just wrote a, a message on Twitter and just an open forum and just started messaging people we knew all across the world, Australia, US, uh, Europe. There were some UK folks, some Italian folks, and then lots of Canadian folks. So some Kiwis and some New Zealanders and, and just said, hey, we're going to create a nursing-led, nursing-designed, peer-reviewed COVID-19 practice course on the fly right now. And uh, do you want to be a part and it is amazing when you send a message out to nurses and say like, I need help. It's always, yes. Yes. What do you need? It's not, I don't have time for that. It's yeah. What do you need? Uh, which is, you know, one of my favorite things about nursing. Right. Uh, and yeah, so we've been very lucky that course has been rolling for a year and a half now or so. And it's, we had some amazing PhD reviewers who went through to make sure these the science was good and, and, and solid. And Alan was a massive part of that, that piece. And, uh, yeah, it's it's gone really well. And we've still I, I haven't checked page views recently, but we were we are nearing a hundred thousand not that long ago. So it's exciting.
2: That's incredible. And that is a perfect example of nurse-led innovation and design in practice in the moment when it's needed. So really just a great example of that. Well, Alan and Rob, it has been such a pleasure talking with you both. Um, your transitions to each other during this podcast have been so great. You can tell that you two work together on another podcast. So I appreciate that as well. Is there anything else you'd want to address before we end?
0: Alan, do you want to do
3: age before beauty? (laughs) I don't know what you are implying, Rob C. Paquin. Uh, one thing I do want to say is I just want to extend my sincerest appreciation to all my colleagues, all my nurses, all my docs, all my respiratory therapists all my physios all my social workers out there uh, we're all in this together for covid and I just really want to say thanks I know that you know it's been tough and i wish I wish you know i I work on the front lines as well and I wish things could be different but I just want to say, I appreciate all of you out there. And, you know, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think of you guys. And, you
0: know, I, I, someone wise once told me if you've, you know, if someone says something perfectly, don't add to it. And I'm just going to go ahead and do that exact same thing and just say that was perfectly said.
2: Well, Alan, Rob, thank you so much for being with us on the Amplify Nursing podcast. It was such a pleasure.
3: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Hello, Marion.
2: Hello, Angela. How's it going?
1: It's amazing. I just uh, was listening to this interview that you did with Rob and Alan, two great guys from Canada doing really, really cool stuff.
2: How cool are they? I was seriously cracking up the entire time. <laughs> Their rapport was just so entertaining and I kind of actually just wanted to stop asking questions, just have them just keep talking to each other.
1: Yeah, they kind of sound like our outtakes.
2: <laughs> they do sound like our outtakes. They do.
1: But anyway, um, I was. It was really, really interesting to hear the the cool things that they're doing. You know, with both with their with their research and just utilizing uh, innovation in such a great way.
2: And really, just big proponents of nurse led initiatives. Mm-hmm. The all nurse led virtual sim project, the Epic Project, the podcast. Mm -hmm. Using that to lift up other nurse voices. I mean, really just, it's what the profession needs. More examples of how nurses are leading in health and healthcare, both in innovation and in the clinical areas and in leadership in all areas. So it was really just a pleasure to learn more about what they're doing.
1: Yeah. And I can't wait to see how, how it goes and how it moves forward.
2: Yeah. And they're both students, right? And, you know, we say this all the time, but like nurses are doing so many different things and, you know, you never know what the student in your class is also working on. They're just an incredible resource.
1: Amplify Nursing is hosted by Dr. Angela Rosa DiDonato and Marion Leary and produced by the University of Pennsylvania School of Nursing. With special thanks to our Department of Information Technology Services for their assistance. Music for the podcast was created by Harper Leary. The podcast is made possible by the Krista and Rich Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing.
2: Follow us on Twitter at PennNursing. Until next time, keep pushing over, under, around, and through. We want to thank you for listening to the Amplify Nursing podcast and remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you enjoy your podcast listening. And if you can do us a solid, please rate and review us as well. It will go a long way in amplifying our episodes.